there 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 was a little more <clears throat> okay so microphone back right in front of me again and i'm actually gonna for the podcast i'm gonna load this on the front end for the video upload it's just gonna be a separate video there that'll be that um i figured right before i go in i'll take a look at a little bit more it's uh 3 45 a.m i do need to be at work soon but this kind of shit matters so um this is uh we're back to uh flint michigan with the water this article was up uh six days ago and um in flint michigan water crisis may have a long-term effect on children a doctor tells um the the folks on 60 minutes that children may um be exposed to lead during the flint michigan water crisis they appear to have learning disorders now remember in the wine cellar we covered that the um that uh there were um in the schools there were so many special needs students now from the uh brain poisoning from the lead that they can't accommodate them anymore or they can't accommodate more it's just too much it's like that system has been overwhelmed and um and here we are not surprised like that it's just been articled on um on 60 minutes about that do 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 until 60 minutes flint children here we go there we go that way now we found that doctor i don't know what the hell that was that i clicked that was it wasn't an article at all it was a headline and a a video with just text okay so um the doctor is dr mona atisha and um they are the flint pediatrician that first exposed the link between city water and high blood levels in um in children it said that the early results of neuropsychological assessments of 174 city children have found that 80% will require services for language learning and um, or intellectual. So um, that's what's going on. And that's what I'm going to go ahead and link with this um, with this upload here. <clears throat> but also coming off of uh, water quality politics. All right. WQPMag.com. So it's literally a whole website all about that. And I would really like to get that darn splash screen off of here. So that I can, um, like, yeah, I know this website uses cookies. All the websites use cookies. <clears throat> so more than $87 million in federal funds um, appropriated for fixing Flint's infrastructure after the city's um, lead in water crisis has not been collected. <clears throat> and it's um, now according to the United States um, Environmental it. The United States EPA Environmental Protection Agency. Um, this is because there have been so few reimbursement requests from the city. So the city ain't even asking for the money to fix the city. It's just there. Um, so a top EPA official advised Mayor Sheldon Neely and uh, Lisey Eichler Clark. Uh, director of the Michigan Department of Environment, um, Great Lakes and Energy, of the uh, untouched funds on February 27th in a letter. 
A letter from an EPA official, um, Acting Water Division Director Thomas R. Short Jr., they urged the city to advance the schedule of remaining projects in order to complete work during the project. So over all this time, the folks that run Flint haven't even been trying to come up with ideas to fix shit. They just been chilling. Um, now this comes uh, three years after the agency awarded $100 million in supplemental drinking water state um, revolving funds, uh, state revolving funds uh, to the state to address water infrastructure in Flint. And that was reported at M Live, uh, uh, M Live Michigan Live. Uh, Congress previously approved the water infrastructure improvements uh, for the for the Nation Act, which provided for the funding and required an additional twenty million um, state match. The twenty million match was required um, to be spent before the federal infrastructure funds were tapped. So the city isn't even using the state's money. So they're just not doing shit. They're just like, fuck these people. <laughs> That's some wild shit, folks. Uh, WineCellarMedia.com. All right. PayPal.me slash Phoenix and William. Patreon.com slash Fund. From the National Press Building in Washington, D.C., this is your Corporate Crime Reporter Morning Minute. For Friday, March 20, 2020, I'm Russell Mokhyber. The latest available case-by-case records from the Department of Justice show that the prosecution of white-collar offenders in January 2020 reached an all-time low since tracking began during the Reagan administration. Only 359 defendants were prosecuted. Almost all of those were individuals rather than corporations. January 2020's prosecutions continued a downward slide, dropping 8% from a year ago, and were down 25% from just five years ago. If prosecutions continue at the same pace for the remainder of fiscal year 2020, they are projected to fall to 5,175 prosecutions, about half the level of their Obama-era peak. For the Corporate Crime Reporter, I'm Russell Mokhyber. And there we have podcast audio recording. All right. So, take a look at this goddamn shit here. Let's say tag friends, share to a group. Oh, well, that all sounds outstanding. <clears throat> all right. So we are here. We're in the wine cellar in this um, coronial business. Um, Phoenix Kalita not handling it uh, very well. This is uh, tough on Phoenix Kalita because she's already like locked down in the crib a lot uh, due to ableism and whatnot as is. But this is uh, particularly dangerous for folks like Phoenix Kalita, um, immunocompromised, if you will. And there's um, there's Burchali and Foley posted up in the joint. And I had a couple of things that I had found interesting that I saw. I'm going through some cabin fever myself as I'm ripping through this. I'm trying to keep my mind and my body physically busy. I go down in the basement and um, with my jogging shoes, run back and forth in the basement, play some records, you know, watch this uh, DVD, Bad Girls. Jumped out of the news feed for a full last day. Just jumped off of the social media. And um, here it is. Back. Let's get this fucking podcast shit cracking. <clears throat> and see some of these things that I found interesting in the gosh darn news. This thing let me um access my saved shit. The hell is wrong with my shortcuts? 
right? Like, I don't need to see those damn groups. <laughs> I just need to see my, um, my saved stories. All right, so coming out of Idaho, which Idaho, a lot of fucking news outlets for under 2 million people. There's a ridiculously high amount of news outlets. I don't know if that shit is government subsidized or what, but a gang of people are doing the news out there. <clears throat> All right, so Idaho Senate, no coronavirus business, but um, a uh, transgender um, athlete's bill. You can imagine what Idaho might pass. So they're out there in Boise, and there was a uh, 24 to 11 uh, Monday vote to ban um, transgender girls and women uh, from playing on um, uh, female uh, high school and college uh, sports teams. Now, they're saying that there was a a tense debate and a vote that came near the end of a long day in which numerous bills passed and a few were defeated and lawmakers pushed hard to wrap up their session early in the face of the spread of coronavirus. And the Senate remained in session until after 8 p.m. And um, so there is a, a, a brief bullet list here of some of them. And, uh, oh, there's Prichali said, I hope Phoenix stays safe and healthy. Giving it a go. He's trying it out. And she's also trying to hurry up and get to this um, second interview with the um, with the folks at Swap to try to get a uh, promotion to a different position there. And then, so there's high stress behind that as well. It's tough. Phoenix Cleeter's having a tough time. Um, on this bullet list here on the IdahoPress.com, the uh, second defeat in the House uh, for Idaho's higher education budget, followed by a uh, passage of a third new version of the Joint Budget Committee. It continued a House-Senate conflict over property tax relief proposals. A uh, party-line vote in the Senate committee backing um, new public records exemptions and, legisla- and legislators uh, for legislators, a measure that already had passed the House. Um, and there were, what well, this one says, a uh, strong support for a House committee for a statewide hands-on, uh, free, hands-free law for drivers on cell phones. <laughs> okay, so they, they'll have to, uh, have like a Bluetooth hookup or, uh, some sort of headset while driving on the telephone. And then one that goes here, it says, uh, transgender athletes debate. Uh, when opponents are uh, debating in a Joe Rogan way, um, when opponents uh, pointed to an Idaho attorney general's opinion, finding that the bill has uh, constitutional problems, that would make it difficult to defend in court. And that's from Senator Marco Souza. And that's a Republican, which is interesting because it's like, okay, so this is a Republican saying it might be um, difficult to defend in court. But it's like if it goes up to the Supreme Court, or really most courts, they're all Republican-led. Like, so in saying that, either this fool is a fool, or this fool is um, pretending to not understand what the courts are, right? Lifetime appointments for those judges? Well, that's just a forever Congress. And when they say they don't legislate for the bench, yes, the fuck they do. Right? The the cases that they argue, those are just bills they're arguing. 
and they want this um, reaction to this bill. They want this president because that precedent, press, Jesus, pre- precedent, fuck it, and um, and this, so that their what their their uh, result in the court case can actually just be law. So this uh, Senator Mary Souza, Republican, uh, damn fool, damn fool that probably knows better. All right, and they also said um, there's a third-party group that has been uh, working with us on this bill, and it will be um, responsible for any legal defense fees. I think this fool's a damn fool, but this, uh, yeah, this transphobic shit is definitely going to pass. It's Idaho. And um, after the vote, um, this same representative, Souza said um, the group is the Arizona-based Alliance Defending Freedom. The Alliance Defending Freedom. Fuck it. Let's tangent off into those fuckers, right? Who is the Alliance Defending Freedom and what is their deal? All right, let's see. They have their own website. They'll tell you who they are, right? Ooh, excuse me. Excuse me again. I am a sneezy, phlegmy person. All right, so Alliance Defending Freedom <laughs> uh, .org. And so they have a part of the website that says um, about us and who we are. We've defended your freedom since 1994. My freedom? Holy shit, that's outstanding. On uh, January 31st, 1994, more than 30 Christian leaders came together to build a ministry that would defend your religious freedom before it was too late. These founders knew it would uh, take an alliance to keep the doors open for the gospel in the United States. Ah, okay. So, a bunch of religious bigots. The Alliance Defending Freedom. I'm I'm sure that um, everyone saw that coming. So they're and they're calling it the Fairness in Women's Sports Act. Um, FIWSA. I don't think you can really FISA. Yeah, you can't really um. Yeah, you can't uh, can't acronym that one. So the Fairness in Women's Sports Act. Where they're gonna make sure to exclude folks. Um. And it was sponsored in the house by representing uh, Barbara Ehart, huh. uh, another Republican, amazing Republicans in Idaho. Wouldn't believe it. A uh, Republican in Idaho Falls. It would ban um, transgender people. Um, and they're like, uh, what is it called? Gender essentialism. So it's essentially gender essentialist uh, discrimination is what this bill is about. That um, they may verify the student's biological sex as part of routine uh, sports physical examination with one or a combination of um, of an examination of the student's physical anatomy, genetic makeup, or testosterone, uh, or the testosterone their body produces. So they're going for it. So that this type of shit could even affect um, like stories that we've seen in the wine cellar, and well, any of you folks that's might be any way adjacent to us or affiliated like um a uh like a non-binary woman and a cis woman folks that like they did produce more testosterone than other cis women 
and uh, one, and yeah, this shit would um, affect folks like that as well. And I will go ahead and link this shit up with um, with a web post for what I'm recording here at 3.07 a.m. And I've got to be on the shift uh, not too long from now, chucking boxes around. <clears throat> okay. And so let's uh, get the uh, F back over here. Well, what happened? To, see, Facebook updated and they moved my saved shit. I was like, where the hell do I find? There it is. All right. And let's continue to dance it on. Oh, let's see here. More Christians. I know we're into that. <laughs> and this is on um, Earth Island Journal. All right. A uh, evangelical group to contact indigenous peoples in Amazon amid coronavirus pandemicals. All right. So good ideas for all. <clears throat> and this article's up by Sue Branford for the um, EarthIsland.org. And it's um, they are Ethno Ethnos 360. Ethnos 360, an evangelical Christian missionary group, is embarking on a controversial new project uh, just as the coronavirus begins spreading widely in Brazil. The organization, uh, formerly known um, internationally as the New Tribes Mission and based in Sanford, Florida, Sanford, I think that's uh, where George Zimmerman um, murdered uh, Trayvon in Sanford, Florida. If you want an idea of the kind of population you're talking about, <laughs> Sanford, um, these folks, they uh, they plan to use a newly purchased aircraft to contact and convert isolated Amazon indigenous groups, even though such contact is banned explicitly by um, FUNAI, Brazil's indigenous agency, and implicitly under the nation's 1988 constitution. Okay, so these niggas need to be arrested. Um, the fundamentalist Christian group's uh, venture uh, could be spread could spread dangerous infectious diseases like COVID nineteen to isolated tribes utterly lacking resistance and immunity. At the end of January, Edward Luz, uh, president of New Tribes Mission of Brazil, announced the acquisition of the Ethnos 360 Aviation R66 helicopter. So they're just going to be dropping Christians, white Christians, on humans. Deliberately chosen wording. And so... um. <clears throat> Uh, this Edward Luz says they'll uh, they'll also be able to operate in a remote Wayne Forest of West Brazil, and he told a small group of Christian evangelicals assembled in Rio de Janeiro that God will do anything to see that mankind hears His word. If a helicopter becomes necessary, He provides it. If God provided it, how much did you not pay for it? I'm just saying, I'm betting that someone cut a check. Cash. Briefcase full of cash. Debit card. Credit card. PayPal transfer. Someone paid for a fucking helicopter. Wasn't no damn God. So yeah, 
straight up and down 150,000%. These people are disgusting, dangerous, and they're going to ruin the last bit of life that they can find with the last bit of time that they have that hasn't been ruined by Europeans leaving Europe. Just won't be tolerated. All right. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is one of those websites that auto plays some noisy shit, and I don't know what it is or why. All right. So um, it appears that a, uh, a strip club out in Portland, Oregon, has started um, curbside food delivery called Boober Eats. That's fair. Um, With social distancing rules in place, many cities have forced restaurants to switch to serving customers via takeout and delivery options. Since necessity is the mother of invention, one strip club in Portland figured out how to keep the business humming while uh, continuing to pay its staff. So uh, it's called the Lucky Devil Lounge, and they started um, curbside takeaway with the kitchen preparing meals and the dancers delivering the dishes to patrons waiting outside. Uh, Jokingly, the owner, Sean Bolden, um, called the service Boober Eats, a uh, play on Uber Eats. Really? He had no idea. A name that he sees uh, that seems to have stuck after he announced it on the face booze. Um, how many of the dining establishments in your neighborhood are open for business? Um, how are they making, uh, things work during the pandemic? And it looks like that thing that made some noise. They have a, um, a Twitter, uh, video. Maybe there's audio with this. See, these things aren't too long. And it... Yeah. Okay. Hi there. Thanks for calling okay so basically um a one of the performers they showed up at the door and it appears that they have um duct tape over there as i according to sesta fosta a duct tape over their female presenting nipples and um they appear to be a tattooed individual and they just delivered this um bag of food to a patron uh, bloke, if you will, and uh, he made sure to lean in and get a good look because he's never seen breasts before. Motherfuckers, <laughs> be like, I'm looking at this this bloke, if you will. I'm guessing 47 years old, 48, maybe 50, and like leaned in to look real hard, like nigga. This is the first your first go of it. Never seen. Okay, but then again, I think. I think that's a part of overperformed masculinity, um, with you know, which we can call toxic masculinity. These these cats act like every time they see a woman they find attractive, it is the first fucking time. Like, calm down with the fucking um that Looney Tune shit like a goddamn coyote with your eyes bugging out. You're not illing that hard. You're just trying way too hard to show the other men around you, like, hey man, check out how hetero I am. Don't worry about that shit. Niggas be putting on too much of a fucking performance all the damn time. Um, Interesting look back in time. All right, you can consider this um, general interest. I'm not even going to cut this. I'll keep this all as uh, one run and uh, upload it to the feed. 
But um, coming off the Intercept, and they um, this is this was published on my mother's birthday last year, and it says um, the untold story. Uh, Joe Biden pushed Ronald Reagan to ramp up incarceration, not the other way around. <clears throat> now that is interesting stuff. So dancing down somewhere into this article, uh, article up by David Stein. And um, David Stein in a third paragraph argues that um, that Biden is correct that the surge began in the 1970s and accelerated in the 1980s, but a closer look at his role <clears throat> reveals that it was Biden who was among the principal and the earliest movers of the policy agenda that would become the war on drugs and mass incarceration. And he did so in the face of initial reluctance from none other than Ronald fuck'em damn raisin. That's right. <laughs> All right. Um, Reagan even uh, vetoed a signature piece of Biden legislation, which he drafted um, with um, arc segregationist uh, Strom Thurmond. So basically, Joe Biden made legislation with Strom Thurmond that was so right-wing that Ronald fuck damn Reagan, Ronald Wilson Reagan vetoed it. Joe Biden was too right-wing for Ronald fuck em damn Reagan. Okay. <laughs> So, like, basically, so what are these fucking um, debates going to look like? Like, is Biden going to outright wing Trump in the debates? Fucking maybe. <laughs> so, um, uh, they continue saying, um, <clears throat> although mass imprisonment is and was primarily driven by states, at the federal level, Biden shaped the punitive political culture of the 1980s and 90s by reviving a policy agenda that was briefly in decline at the end of the 1970s. In three years under Carter, the federal prison population fell by a quarter, even as it was rising at the state level. But the final days of the Carter administration, the federal program that provided uh, resources to states of, for policing and imprisonment, the Law Enforcement Assistance Administration, was being dismantled. But in weeks after the election, Biden argued that the problem with the... Um, the Law Enforcement um, Assistance Administration, LEAA, that it was inadequate, <laughs> that it, um, it was inadequate coordination and poor management. That was the problem. And that the federal government should take a more assertive stance in this area while continuing to provide uh, funds to states to expand their police and prison systems. Right? So the states have the state's rights to choose to expand their prison system, but Joe Biden said, nigga, but they need money. So all of a sudden, Joe Biden does like selective socialism. Socialize the money to lock up these broke motherfuckers with your broke ass. Joe Biden came to lock up the working class if you ain't working right. <clears throat> all right. And I want to take a look and, um, see about picking 
just a little onesie morsey. One more. This and this is a um an update from an old school flashback story. All right. And um, this article was published on the twentieth. Right now, it is the um the twenty third March twenty third two thousand twenty at three nineteen a.m. as we record this. Um, and this is off the Huffington Puffington Post. Uh, Texas court upholds woman's five-year sentence for trying to vote. All right. We thank you, oh God, Uh-oh. as we they have some... stand against what the fuck? Stop that. any means of... It's this auto-loaded video that just starts playing, and when I pause it, it just keeps playing. <laughs> um, a Texas appeals court on Thursday upheld a five-year sentence of Crystal Mason. Remember this story? the Fort Worth woman who cast a provisional ballot in the 2016 election despite being ineligible to vote. The Texas authorities jumped on Mason's case to bolster claims of widespread voter fraud. You see, you jump on one case to bolster claims of widespread voter fraud. And they sought to make an example of her, and they goddamn did. Even though her ballot was never even counted, voter fraud is very rare in the United States. Mason was on um, federal uh, supervised release for a prior conviction of tax fraud. She'd never even been told she couldn't vote. A fact her probation officer testified um, to uh, during her trial. Shouldn't a probation officer tell you stuff? Seems like it. Eh, maybe not. Maybe your probation officer shouldn't tell you shit until they're telling other people what they should have told you in court for you being arrested for shit that you didn't know. All right. So, probation officer clearly earning their taxpayer-funded check. Um, writing for the appellate panel, that's so at appellate court, um, the justice, Wade Birdwell, names be so white, uh, deemed the fact irrelevant to her prosecution. Hey, fuck that fact. We got to lock this nigger woman up. Um, representatives from Mason's legal team uh, told um, this the news outlet, The Guardian, that they intend to appeal. Uh, Crystal submitted a provisional ballot that was not counted. Right? And provisional ballots typically get fucking passed over, right? Like if the... Um, if the people in power don't like who might win that vote <laughs> happened in Florida. Um, so, um, so it wasn't even counted. And so she didn't vote illegally. Um, and that's, uh, from Thomas, uh, Busser Clancy, one of the attorneys for the Texas chapter of American civil liberties. <clears throat> so, um, and here is a uh, another quote from a voter rights advocate, uh, Beth Stevens, who's an attorney on the Texas Civil Rights Project. Um, Beth Stevens said, They know that these prosecutions and harsh sentences in cases like Crystal's are thinly veiled attempts to suppress the vote. Um, uh, she continues, saying, These are efforts that are meant to strike fear in the heart of other people. End quote. And that's uh, Beth Stevens, uh, Beth Stevens, um, an attorney for the Texas Civil Rights Project. 
um, Texas has been at the forefront of a movement to restrict access from the voting booth since 2013, when the Supreme Court overturned a key provision of the Voting Rights Act. Um, I think that was the one where it was like, uh, uh, oh yeah, following the ruling um, that a state that has rapidly reduced polling sites in black and Latino communities. And uh, taking a look here, uh, Bracciali, Adriana Bracciali, who um, I think was running on a Green Party ticket, came on the wine cellar to talk about that for, what was it, Attorney General, I think it was? Uh, Bracciali said, um, uh, justice, in quotes, and and is in the archive chat space here and said, uh, uh uh-oh, it moved away said so which fact did the judge think that wasn't relevant that she didn't know (laughs) oh that the ballot wasn't yep ballot not counted and it works right uh uh says um people with priors often don't vote because they don't want that they don't want that shit to happen and says uh peace and freedom ah peace and freedom but dropped out due to uh dropped out to take a public defender job there we go he is living the life of a superhero as far as i'm concerned right activist lawyer for the people ran for office for the people outstanding all right so uh you know what i might um Take a look at a little bit more here that I just that I have uh, saved. But, you know, a lot of this stuff folks have seen, right? Like the Federal Reserve to lend one trillion dollars to large banks. Like basically anything that's more than 12 hours old is an old story right now. Um, OK, bad news. Um, guess I'm going to have to go in that direction and go to uh, bad news. Oh, let's see. Bracciali right here um, left a little more commentary, said, um, uh, so she never voted. Um, she just uh, committed a thought crime. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Vote was never counted and it was a provision ballot. Um, Amber Chally's a legal aid now. Okay. So um, now this is uh, bad news, folks. All right. Um, this is why we have trigger warnings and whatnot. This is a, this article's up by Josh Milton on pinknews.co.uk. Went up March 21st. Uh, says a trans woman shot to death inside an ambulance as medics fought to save her life. <clears throat> and so um, uh, she was being rushed to the hospital to treat shortness of breath. A trans woman was brutally shot to death after a man burst into the ambulance in Charlotte, North Carolina. So, um, so this individual was about uh, is goes by the name of Monica Diamond, a 34 year old individual. Holy shit, 34 years oldish. Wait a second, let me take a look at this. Um, I'm just taking a quick Google dip. Um, average life experience. Ah! expectancy for black trans women i'm pretty sure it's 35 all right uh type that in and give that the old search about okay yeah at the at the very top of the search is the uh the stranger.com 
and uh, they're saying um, 35. <clears throat> yeah, at um, and so this end 34. Yeah. Uh, so and they were about to celebrate 10 years uh, since um, she co-founded an event promotion uh, company. <clears throat> Excuse me. Her death has uh, raised a specter a, um, of violence over a community uh, so marginalized and vulnerable in the states, uh, making her death, activists say, as the fourth violent death of a um, trans or gender nonconforming person in 2020. The local law enforcement arrested a um, Prentice Bess, a 32-year-old, and they are facing homicide charges. Okay, so the story, as it were, what they have so far for uh, pinknews.co.uk, and there's also a smaller outlet, um, WBTV, and um, they're saying that... um, it was around 4 a.m. Police say paramedics and patrol cops responded to a call that the Diamond uh, co-owner and uh, founder, that Diamond, the co-owner and uh, founder of um, Nickfin Promotion Company, that's N-C-P-H-Y-N-E. I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, they were. Uh, it says that she was suffering shortness of breath. In the parking lot um, shared by Days Inn and the Azteca Mexican restaurant uh, tucked along E. Woodlawn uh, Road near Old Pinville Road. Okay, a lot of address details. So it was definitely at a location. A medic rushed um, uh, Diamond into the back of an ambulance to treat her, during which Bess banged um, the back of the vehicle's doors to be let in, but the medic refused. Um, he left the scene shortly after before returning and shooting the victim several times. An officer at the scene uh, said in what became a very volatile situation, the medic attempted to treat Diamond, but she was pronounced dead at the scene. And now they're just asking for folks what addition. So what we don't know is what the fuck was the deal with this Preston motherfucker. Yeah, let me go back up there. Let me search their name and see if I can't um, dig up Preston Bess, 32. So let's look up. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. No, still the same. Um, and also looking for imagery. So let's look. LGBTQ Nation has um, visual on Preston Bess. Um, visually appears to be a uh, cis male. And so, like, so all we know so far is they were on this location where there's this hotel and this restaurant, you know, and um, several landmarkers. But they're on this location. This individual has shortness of breath. And while an ambulance is trying to revive them, someone's banging on the back of the door and then finally gets in and murders the person that had shortness of breath. Why did she have shortness of breath? Like, did this Preston best motherfucker already do something to um to Diamond? Yeah, like, so I'm going to have to... um put a pin in this one and hold on to this and basically check this story every week because I don't know what the fuck happened here 
And quite frankly, I really think that I have nothing else fresh. Uh, what I would like to do is um, see if Chelsea Springler has time to come on the program. Because uh, Chelsea Springler, I think, may possibly read more articles than me. Like, that's an article-reading motherfucker right there. And um, and they just put up a gang of news. And um, right now it's 3.31 a.m., and um, I intend to go to work and do a shift. I don't know if it's going to be an eight-hour shift or a 12-hour shift. So I did set up a Facebook event and a blog talk live for uh, 7 p.m. to go live. And I'll be contacting Chelsea Springler to see if um, she can come on the program. Because uh, Springler has a gang of shit. Ooh, excuse me. Yeah, a gang of shit up. Um, like what? Um, shootings continue in certain areas of Chicago. Like the violence is still up and running. No folks are not trying to help with that. <clears throat> uh, and Chelsea is an organizer. Has the news up. Marianne Williamson says former candidates endorsing Biden was a coup. Yeah, Marianne Williamson in in, in all her um antebellumry <laughs> with that fucking voice. Um, why is distancing utterly critical in the fight against COVID-19? All right, that is uh, more news that Chelsea Springler has up uh, videos. So yeah, I want to contact Chelsea Springler about news that she's been seeing because uh, this kid has a gang of shit. All right. All right. So I better call that that and uh, get back to getting ready for work. All right, and shout out to folks um, holding the wine cellar down. Um, it's kind of ill because it's like I set up an equipment fund right when this COVID, I keep calling it COVID, this COVID shit um, cracked off. And it's like, fuck, because <clears throat> to keep doing this podcast, like at, you know, decent quality and exponentially increasing quality. I do need to replace the 2004 microphone and we need to replace the um, 2013 laptop and the uh, the soundboard. Oh, God. Yeah. XLR um, cords, just old wear and tear on materials that I've had for so long. I've had a lot of this hardware and this shit is dying. Right. Fetus Kaliter 2013 laptop. It's dying, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, so I did, I set up a, uh, a fundraiser and then the COVID shit hit and it was like, fuck, cause that fundraiser is going to go nowhere. So really, I don't know how I'm going to replace this shit. I guess I can, um, take it to the Patreon, <laughs> take it to the PayPal, figure it the fuck out. But, uh, we do need better hardware. Cause like right now with the hardware we have, um, I can only do Facebook live from the little smart device right here. and But I can't do Facebook Live or YouTube Live from any of the laptops, so you're not getting as quality of a Facebook Live. It's just not as good. And um, I'd really like for it to be much better. All right, but that's all we're going to be able to do for now. And I have no idea how I'm going to get that fundraiser up off the ground. All right, so until then, patreon.com slash Fund. And there's always good old paypal.me slash phoenix and william. 
All right, motherfuckers, it is 3.34 a.m. I need to get ready to head down to the factory. Please be as safe as possible wherever you are and whatnot. All right. And Facebook Live off. And YouTube video. Whoop-de-doo. Let's turn that off. And podcast audio. You're done. <laughs>